Welcome. I am a small, fuzzy, middle-aged woman, unexpectedly named Turl Kronberg. And in the very front of my brain, I have an exceptional little bit that I call the wise turtle. She is the most thoughtful, observant, and compassionate part of me. And this podcast is her platform for speaking to the world. Her aim is to try to understand the patterns of growth in the universe and use those discoveries to help us all uncover the most important, inspiring story of who we are and where we want to go as Earthlings. I hope that you enjoy her musings. Namaste. It's really not what you think, or at least not what everyone has been telling you to think. Okay, here's what I think. So, I've had this pattern, this pattern that I've been looking at all along about the developmental stages, and this is a fractal pattern, so it's developmental stages for everything. Um, from the tiniest, you know, single-celled organism on up to a universe and everything in between. So, yes, I have this pattern of growth that I look at and pattern of interaction that I look at. And so I've been using these patterns to sort of describe um, our human-scale, Earth-scale development. Um, And those are also in that fractal pattern. So, yes, there is a pandemic going on with this tiny, tiny, tiny little virus. It's just a bunch of atoms combined together into this sort of interesting little ball of confusion, as they say. Um, yes, this is going on right now. And it's scary and weird and unexpected um, and sad but there's something far bigger going on. This is just the tip of the iceberg of what's happening right now. And this is something I've been predicting for quite a while. I've been talking about saying that the, uh, the evolution of our species, of our planet is coming very soon and that we were sort of in this transitional phase that I hadn't quite figured out exactly what was going on. And because as far as I can tell, reality is random um the in in the the details because you know we don't actually know exactly what's going to happen but we do know in general what's going to happen we do have these larger scale um fractal sort of laws that we can see as a pattern in our universe and so while we couldn't tell what the details were exactly how this was going to happen um we can tell that it is going to happen simply because of the the same way that you know that a 
a seed is going to grow into a plant and it's going to grow roots and it's going to grow a stem and then it's going to grow leaves and then eventually it will also grow flowers and more seeds. So there are these stages of development and they're sort of universal. Again, it's fractal and it's the details are all quite varied. Um, but the general pattern is very predictable. And so I've been predicting this for a long time that there was going to be this change. And I, I, if you've listened to any of my podcasts or seen any of my things, um, you know that I've been talking about this for a long time, this, this evolutionary change, which is similar to the, when the dinosaurs died out, the genetic dinosaurs and the mimetic dinosaurs of today, I've been likening to giant corporations and centralized governments and these sort of top-down authoritarian um, systems like democracy. And anytime there's a set of rules that everyone must follow, there's a central um, sort of aggressive thing trying to hold it all together and make it predictable, and that's centralized. And that's what the dinosaurs, the genetic dinosaurs were. They were, they were sort of these large aggressive controlling things and they, they were very massive and they sort of tried to control everything. Um, while the small, furry, mammalian, prosocial genes of the past sort of hid out during the time of the dinosaurs and had to sort of you know, take second seat, take the back seat to the dinosaurs that were sort of controlling everything. But these small furry things were off in the corners doing their little pro-social things, taking care of one another and being creative and building nests and exploring tunnels and, and all sorts of things and, and creating an emotional bond with one another that helped them when the giant comet came. It actually wasn't that giant. It was kind of small relative to the planet. A comet was sort of like a virus for the planet itself um, that killed the dinosaurs. But somehow, because the dinosaurs were just too big to to change, they were too big to deal with these these dramatic changes of the world. They couldn't adapt. But the small furry mammals could because they were collaborating, they were working together, they were being creative, they were being connected, um, but diversified, so they were decentralized. So each individual one of them could specialize and do their own thing. And then the whole collective of them, the whole tribe or group or family or whatever was, whatever happened to be there at the time, um, could adapt to these changes uh, on the planet. And so the small furry things took over while the giant centralized dinosaurs went extinct. But of course, it, it wasn't just as simple as that. You know, it took a long time and, and there was a lot of, I'm sure, drama as the dinosaurs were dying out and, and flailing around trying to survive. And so the small furry mammals definitely had to hide out lest they be crushed by the flailing dinosaurs. That's happening now with the memes. The small furry memes are starting to, are, are about to take over from these giant corporations and centralized governments. The small furry decentralized systems that are, are ideas that, that sort of spread out and, and mutate and change easily 
and can be adapted and they're pro-social and they're collaborative memes. So we had the old memes of competition and, and control and the new memes of collaboration and sort of a lack of control. Uh, there's self-control, but the whole system is not predictable. It's chaotic. It's, a, it's an emergent system, which is healthier in the long run because it's adaptable. Because what doesn't work over here might work over there, and what doesn't work over there might work over here. So we can adapt and change and use different rules for different systems based on what works and what doesn't work, as opposed to having some centralized control that tries to apply a single rule to everyone, and therefore the system is easily broken. So anyway, so I've been talking about this for a long time, as you probably know. And I've been looking at these patterns, and so I knew this was coming up, but about a year ago, I updated a diagram that I'd been using from Maslow. I had updated Maslow's diagram to include a whole bunch of other uh, theories, including Ken Wilber's integral and uh, spiral dynamics, and Elizabeth Satoris, um, and a bunch of other and, and including, um, including the MBTI, um, all of these different ideas about uh, categorizations and development and and sort of different different um, elements of a system, especially as it grows. And again, that's fractal. It's a whole fractal development system, which is why we see the MBTI uh, categories also pop up in this developmental system. So you can be, as Ken Wilber talks about, the state and stages. Um, you can be, you as a human being, as an individual human being, can be, can have a design, a preferred state that you want to be in that's one of these stages, but you can also be in the stages as a subset of your experience, as a fractal, fractional part of your experience. So anyway, so I've developed this Maslow 2.0 and about a year ago, I updated it um, with a little bit of new information and also just I wanted to sort of complete it a little bit better because I had left a lot of the categories sort of undefined at the higher levels. Um, and when I updated it, I mostly just went on the patterns. I just sort of looked at the patterns and sort of used those uh, those patterns to define the categories. Um, a lot of the, the original categories are, are Maslow's or some version of Maslow's categories. Uh, but then the higher ones, which he didn't even ever get to, I was sort of filling out. And yesterday I went looking at this and I hadn't really paid much attention to it since I made it. I hadn't paid much attention to the names that I'd given these things at that level. Um, so the old level that we had been in, that I'd been saying we were in, um, sometimes I call cultural creatives, which was a term Jeremy Rifkin popularized. Um, and I just kind of called it um, innovation, collaborative creation. Um, and it's a, a very community-minded, sort of everyone is working collaboratively, is sort of being peak creativity, peak output, peak 
expressiveness, aggressiveness, sort of just peak output. Um, but it's a collaborative output, ideally, and which is why we've been seeing so much just incredible innovation this past century. Um, everything from, I mean, we, we literally invented the atomic bomb and sadly used it. Um, we went to the moon. We started space travel. We, we invented a global internet. We invented magic Star Trek-like tricorders that, you know, that we can measure things with and speak to each other over vast distances magically. Um, so it's just peak innovation. And this comes from the first three, uh, types of individual, the first three types of relationships, which is the self, the body, the physical body, which is first person, and then uh, a partner, a collaborator, a companion, which is second person, so me and you, and then the, that's emotional relationship, and then the third person is intellectual relationship, which is our, my, and your relationship to a larger system that we're in, some sort of ecosystem. And that could be anything from, you know, the fact that we all wear um, glasses or, you know, we all live in the same city, or we all have read the same Douglas Adams book, you know, any any sort of uh, ecosystem that collects a group together that they share um, some sort of similar function within. Um, and so all of these three things are operating at peak output. All of these three functions of the body are expressive. Now there are two sort of two basic functions of a system. One is, you know, input and the other is output. And we can call that, there's so many different terms for it. Um, there's input and output. There's contraction and expansion. There is um, risk aversion, uh, novelty seeking. Uh, oh, there are just so many of them. Uh, natural selection versus random mutation, and it, all of these are the same uh, functions of a system, which is just input or output. And um, so yes, at this level that I call one, 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 which is first person, second person, third person, output. Um, one stands for output, zero stands for input. And then there's a fourth person output, I mean input on that, that's sort of invisible. It hasn't yet come into consciousness. It's not yet, you know, kicked into gear. Um, that level. So for the past, I don't know, a century or two or whatever, we've been at this peak output, which is a very aggressive sort of, you know, exhausting <laughs> position to be in. We just pushed everything to the extreme. And in so doing, um, one, another one of these, uh, the, the ways of describing these two functions is exploit and explore. And explore is the input stage, whereas exploit is the output stage. And uh, I also call exploit create, which is a good thing. I mean, we want to create things, you know, we, we want to, you know, build houses and, and grow gardens and, and invent technology. But it is exploitative because you're using up the resources that are there. When you build a house, you have to build it out of something. You have to destroy something else, whether it's a tree or, you know, you dig up some earth to get cement or whatever. You know, you have to, you have to take something away from something else and destroy it and create that 
you know, you use that to create something. So it is destructive. So that's an exploitative process, which is, again, it's, it's a good thing, but we've hit peak exploitation of the planet and of, of ourselves. And so now, now we've finally hit that tipping point. And again, there's no way to predict what it was going to be, which is why this is this pandemic, this little tiny virus that's causing this, this whole thing is just the, the straw that broke the camel's back, basically. It's the tipping point, the thing that just pushed us over the ledge into this next evolutionary stage, kind of like a pendulum swinging and hitting its maxima. And that virus made us hit that maxima. And now we're going in a different direction. The pendulum is flipping. And because this is reality, it's not... Uh, a, a pendulum doesn't just swing in one direction. It doesn't just swing back and forth, left or right. It goes in all directions because we're a f three to four dimensional existence, as far as we know. And so this pendulum swings in multiple dimensions. So when it swings, this new direction that it's swinging is a new direction. It's not back where we were but it's going to give us more balance as we stop being so extreme. So now, what is this new, this new direction? What is this new stage? Well, in basic terms, I call it one zero zero zero, which looks like a thousand, but because this is binary counting, um, you know, binary being like zero, one, one, zero, one, one. Uh, so we only use two digits. Um, so the, the stage of 1000 is actually stage eight. It's, it's eight. And, um, so one zero 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 reflects first person, second person, and third person input with fourth person output. And fourth person is the entire, the, the collection of systems. So not just the system that you and I are in, but all of the systems that everyone is in. So we can call it the universe, we can call it the planet. It's just the, the much larger system that we're all a part of. And all of the systems, the subsystems that we're a part of, whether that's readers of Douglas Adams' book, people who live in Cambridge, Massachusetts, um, people who wear glasses, all of these systems put together from everyone is this grander system of fourth person. And so now we're looking at what the whole system itself is going to output the creative force the entire system is going to do but we start with a first person second person and third person input which means that we're all stopping what we're doing we're all taking a break we're all looking at what we need to input again now, I had known this, and I'd been talking about this again for a while, especially um, in, I made a video called The Grand Solstice of Life on Earth, I believe, something like that, The Grand Solstice of Earth, um, which I will link to in the blog notes. Um, so I knew generally what was coming um, in a sort of grander scale, but what I didn't realize was that I had literally named what was coming in a way that is just so blatantly clear right now of what it meant 
but I hadn't paid any attention to it when I did it. And I didn't even quite know what it was. So again, about a year ago, I renamed a bunch of these things uh, and gave them names based on the patterns that I saw. So they were just, they were just general patterns. Um, and what I named this level of 1000 or 1000 is universal material health. And I put it into the category of home, which I had no idea why. I'd, I mean, I, I knew why I put it in the category of home, because it was based on a pattern that I was seeing um, that I used, which is also the Pascal's triangle pattern. Um, but I, I, it seemed weird that we were going all the way back to home. I was like, why? Why are we suddenly in home again? You know, home was like a while ago. <laughs> home is the like emotional stages of, of you know, like intimate personal relationships, first person and second person relationships. But that was that was what the pattern said. So that's what I put. I said it's home. I had no idea. And I happened to look at it yesterday, and I read it, and I, I was just blown away. It was just so amazing how valuable this pattern was, and how even I ignored it. Um, not that I would have necessarily done anything differently. I mean, I might have, but, um, but now I understand it. So, the pattern now is universal material health. That means we go back to stage zero. We go back to stage zero for all of us, not just one of us, but all of us. Every single individual, especially human, but obviously all of the other beings on the planet we care about, and some of the ones we don't care about. <laughs> um, we focus on the physical material input needs. What are those needs? Food, water, air, warmth, light, and information. What are we focusing on right now? What are the main things that everyone is talking about? Making sure we all have food. What are these essential services? Primarily, they're food. Water, not so much. We've already got that pretty well covered. Although, you know, obviously in some parts of the world, you know, that's been a problem, been a consistent problem. And they're talking about that with hand washing, right? In India, they say a lot of the slums, you know, they don't have fresh water to clean themselves. So food, water, air. What are we talking about? Breathing. People on ventilators. We're saving people with ventilators so that they can breathe. Warmth. Housing. We've been talking about shelter, making sure people have shelter. That's obviously a larger picture of, of why people need to be in the shelter, because we literally have stay-at-home recommendations and orders all over the place. We're trying to get people to stay at home. That's warmth. It doesn't seem like warmth, but that's, that is what warmth fits into the uh, category of shelter. It keeps us warm from the, the, the cold and the wet of the outside world. Uh, light. We haven't been talking too much about light. The only thing is uh, we might be talking about it a little more because of the whole vitamin D uh, coming from sunlight. And if we're not outside enough, we're not getting enough vitamin D. So that might be something we'll be talking about soon is light getting outside and getting some sunlight. Um, and information. Oh boy, that is what we are talking about all over the place. From news to sharing data, from looking at graphs and diagrams of, 
you know, where things are and how they're, how they're being affected, uh, the spread of the virus and all of this stuff and sharing information on how to do things and how to take care of ourselves and just generally sharing information about ourselves because we're not physically connected so much. When we're going out, we're actually having to share information about our current state of things uh, because no one else is here, you know. So we are literally going back to universal material health. We're focused on what we need to be healthy right now, physically, our bodies, our inputs, but on a universal or you know, we, we call it universal because we say, you know, national health care, we call it universal health care, universal basic income. No, it's, it's usually national or regional at least. But we call it, quote, universal. So we, we really are big thinkers. <laughs> We'd like this to be more universal, or at least planetary. So we're thinking on this scale now. Not just me, not just you, not just our larger community, but the entire community of communities, what we need. And what do we have to do? So we're listening. This is an input stage. We are listening. We are observing. And it is time to take a break. It's time to stop creating for the most part. Obviously, there's still some, again, this is fractal. So on a smaller scale, there are lots of things being created. People are home making masks and this sort of bottom-up culture of, of a uh, decentralized systems taking care of us. Uh, we're adapting on a small scale. These larger systems cannot take care of us anymore. So the smaller systems, the independent farmers, the, the local uh, food prep people, the medical care that's in your community, the humans that are going to the hospital, the nurses and the doctors and the and whatever else, janitors, um, who are taking care of us as individuals. This is a very bottom-up emergent process. So there is some creation obviously going on, but it's a very local, tiny scale, decentralized scale. And what are we doing it? Where are we doing this? At home. It fits into the home category so amazingly, perfectly. It's just kind of astounding that there's literally that word home there in this category unexpectedly by me anyway so yes this is where we belong this is where we've been moving towards evolving towards yes it's scary oh my goodness it's scary you know I'm sick again today I was sick several weeks ago a couple weeks ago I had a fever and I was my immune system was going crazy and then I got better. It took me a while and I got better. And then last night I got worse again. I got totally in my immune system is just ramping up. My lymph nodes are just swollen as all, all get out. They're huge. And yeah, I'm scared. And I'm sure most of you are scared too, if not for yourselves, for other people. But this is where we belong. Regardless of what happens in the details, the larger, bigger picture is we are evolving as a planet, as a species, as a society. We're moving into this grander view of what we all want and listening and observing and seeing what is important to our individual selves, to our friends and family, and to our whole communities 
and to the community of communities. And what do we all want? And this is just, I've been waiting for this for a very long time. And again, transitions are scary. Those big dinosaurs are falling. So our greater systems of centralized government and corporations and institutions and money and all of this competitiveness are going to go extinct for the most part. Again, not entirely because this is fractal and small scale stuff always keeps going. But the larger scale centralized big dinosaur concepts of corporations and money and government and all of this are going extinct and it is scary and many of us are going to be hurt some will die and yes that's you know sad but it is a part of the growth process it's a part of evolution that the things that need to happen cause changes but we always move towards this bigger and grander and more collaborative and effective system of taking care of life because evolution is all about taking care of life natural selection and random mutation over and over and over again of genes and means so that the, the ones that don't function well don't serve life well go extinct they die out they don't need to be hurt they don't need to be attacked they just die out because they don't work anymore and the new ones, the ones that do work, the ones that are more collaborative, more creative, more compassionate, more effective, take over. The small and furry are taking over. The meek shall inherit the earth. The meek ideas shall inherit the earth. Think small. Think globally, but act locally. Think about the, a better world act use your tiny memes of what you can do to serve life listen ask people what do you need ask the individuals around you ask your communities what do you need to be healthy right now what kind of food water air warmth light and information do you need to be as healthy as possible and to do your best and then we can all work collaboratively quietly, decentralizedly to make that happen. I'm going to leave you with that. If you have any thoughts, if you'd like to join me in creating some of these tiny communities, I have some land in Searsport, Maine that uh, I would love to get to. I, I can't physically get to it right now. I'm in Cambridge, Massachusetts uh, because the buses aren't running right now. Uh, so I don't have a way to get up there, but my goal is to move up there and to build as quickly as possible something to live in and keep us warm and dry and watered and information. Um, if you'd like to help me with that, that would be fantastic. And if you just like some ideas on how to help out in your own community, I have lots of ideas of that as well. There are these mutual aid societies that are popping up everywhere, these little decentralized governments that are just just being so rudimentary and simple as listing things that people have to offer or need of these basic needs and um, they're popping up everywhere so if you'd like any information about maybe starting one of those or directing to those um, 
you can also contact me and I would love to hear from you. Um, you can contact me at my email at thewiseturtle at gmail.com. It's all squished together, so it's kind of like one word, thewiseturtle at gmail.com. You can find me on my blog, uh, which is where this podcast is hosted, at turl, T-U-R-I-L dot org. So it's turl.org is my blog, or that'll get you to my blog on WordPress. And on Reddit, I'm also username turl, T-U-R-I-L. And um, on Twitter, I'm the wise turtle. It's my official username there, although I've also Turl Kronberg there. Uh, so yes, I would love to hear from you. And I wish you the most health and courage and compassion and creativity and thoughtfulness and an observation in this, this great evolutionary comet change period, transition period, because we are all going to need all the help we can get to make it through this. But when we get through it, it will be a new, more beautiful, more compassionate, more aware, global consciousness, I think. Okay. Namaste.